so grateful, so grateful to speak this word of prayer and blessing for ourselves. So grateful to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite intelligence, divine wisdom, true love, peace, harmony, joy. All good of God is revealing itself in our awareness. We are grateful. We are thankful. Taking this breath of love and gratitude, we partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self. And in gratitude, we lay on the altar any sense of limitation. We are grateful to declare that our conversation is a divine dialogue for the purpose of our healing, for the purpose of our awakening, and we're relinquishing the blocks to love together. We are grateful to be the two or more who are gathered in the name and the nature of the Christ presence. And we are declaring we are willing we are willing to let go of all misperceptions. We are willing to be guided by the Holy Spirit. And we are grateful to accept and to receive all manner of support, visible and invisible. In gratitude, we share the benefits of our healing and our expansion with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we joyfully let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yeah. So I'd just like to take um, a short amount of time and go around the circle and just uh, give uh, um, one to two minutes of uh, how you are, what's going on with you, what's new since the last time we had a class. So, uh, and uh, who would like to go first? Okay, Joan. Okay. Oh, there we go. Okay, hi. I am just really excited to be on the call today and with everybody. I've, I feel like it's been a long time and maybe it's been longer for me. I don't know. But anyway, it feels good to be here. I am a grandmother. My granddaughter was born on September, no, um. Oh my gosh, August 4th, so it's a month. Oh my, wow. And um, Lauren decided that she didn't want to do like Facebook, she didn't want to put pictures and stuff. And under the circumstances, of course, I understand and respect that. That's her, um, her thing. But anyway, it's been, it's been wonderful. The first two or three weeks were pretty exhausting, but it feels, you know, settling into a routine and... Um, so it's fun. The baby's perfect. Um, two days before she was born, Lauren heard from the father and he told her that he was going to leave her alone and back off. And that was his You decision. had told us that. You had told us Did that. I? Okay. Yeah. All right. So she had the baby like two days later. So wow. it was great. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's going well. And I feel like now I'm just sort of getting back to myself and creating space in my schedule for me and for my time. So um, today it feels really good just to be with everyone. I'm happy to be here with you all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What's, what's the baby's name? Ivy. Ivy Valentina Coletto. Aw. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. so um, 
and and how are they how are they doing how's your daughter um is how how long is she on maternity leave for so she goes back to work on um a week from Saturday is her first day back, but she's going back very slow. Every week she's adding a day. So um, I think that's good. It gives her time. Um, and it gives me time since I'm going to be helping with the baby when she's at work. So um, I think it's good. Yeah, she, she was, had struggles. Uh, certainly the first two or three weeks were particularly challenging with the breastfeeding and sort of getting that down, but she's in a good place with that. Now she stuck to it and uh, the baby's growing and just, she's a really happy, good baby. So. How wonderful. Yeah, it really is. Thank you. What a blessing. And, and how is your, your husband feeling about everything? He's actually doing pretty good. Um, as far as all of that, I mean, he's, he's happy about the baby. He, um, he has a lot more compassion than I sort of thought he would towards Peter. And um, I think that's certainly a positive thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've had my own challenges with my husband and really over the last several years. And something that came to me yesterday was I really have been noticing the self-talk in my head, the judgments around him. I feel like, wow, I've worked so hard around judgments. And a lot of it has been due to the work that I've done with you and in classes. And I realized that when it comes to my husband, it's sort of like I put those blinders on and I allow myself, I don't speak it out loud, but I allow myself to go there in my head. So I've really made a very strong intention to put a stop to that. Mm. I'm done with it. That's so So, great. Yeah. So it feels good to out that to everyone and it makes me, it helps me feel accountable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, do you know who Jennifer Ruth Russell is? Yes, I do. So she's one of my good friends, and she was in the first year of Masterful Living. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she did that year was about in the middle of the year, she decided for her husband's birthday, she was going to give him the gift of a year without judgment. And... and um, she said that it was really the most challenging thing she ever took on. Wow. Yeah. And she talked, we talked about it a little bit. I had her on my radio show sometime late 2015, early 2016. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about it a bit on the radio show there. Um, but yeah, it, it's a biggie. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you. She said it was also the most um, life-changing thing she ever made a commitment to. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Well, I'm right there and ready for support. <laughs> yeah. One day at a time. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Good for you, Joan. So happy about the baby and your daughter. Yeah. It's really, it's wonderful. Thank you. What a journey. Yeah. You know, I'll I'll just, um, Spirit is suggesting for you to 
really take some time to contemplate if you had known, let's say two years ago, where you would be now, mm -hmm. what would you tell yourself from this point back to that point? What would you tell yourself? You know, because um, we are omnipresent, omniactive um, beings. Mm -hmm. And um, we are, uh, you know, we're just not bound in time and space. And um, I'm sure you've heard Mark Anthony Lord tell this story. Uh, I remember he told it to me a long time ago of, um, and I think he wrote about it in his first book too. I know he did. Uh, um, that he had an experience when he was in college where he felt suicidal. He was really miserable. And um, he had a visitation from his future self, mm. like 20 years older. And uh, in, in, a, in a meditation, his future self came and sat with him and said, You've just got to get through this period. You, you won't believe how much good there is coming your way. You're going to love your life. It's going to be so great. You just have to get through this period. And he said then that when he, 20 years later, he in medit meditation had that experience of being the older, wiser one, and connecting to his younger self in, in meditation. Wow. And so he had both experiences, both sides of that experience, 20 years apart. And um, the, the visceral experience of it was life-changing for him. So one of the reasons why I say that is we all have that future self. Mm -hmm. I, I remember one time uh, many years ago talking with Venerable about this, and I said, uh, I said, it feels, a lot of the time, it feels like we're just watching everything on a DVD, kind of. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, I went through a period, uh, definitely in my youth, in my teenage years, in my 20s, where um, much of that time, everything felt, or much of life felt surreal to me. And um, I just... Uh, I, I, I've constantly felt like I was way over here watching myself mm -hmm. and it, it was very disorienting to me. And, um, I had a conversation once with David Hoffmeister about this, where, um, we talked about it as the, a period of disillusionment, mm -hmm. pulling out of the illusion and feeling, uh, that disconnected from the life experience because of not being as identified with the human experience and the human self. And um, it, it, to me, it was part of my moving into an awareness of my true self. And so I just want to put that out there that you do have your, your future self, your true self, 
it's really the I am presence. It really is the Holy Spirit. So um, that you can tap into. So I think I just, Spirit gave me that for, for you and for everyone, Joan, to um, really, seriously, take it as an, a writing assignment uh, to write a letter to yourself from a couple of years ago when you were the most worried mm-hmm. that, you know, cause I, I remember and, um, and just give them, uh, give that earlier self some of the, the wisdom that you now have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think in other dimensions, we're having similar experiences and i think we can communicate through all these dimensions and because it's all in the there's only one mind mm-hmm. yeah and you could also write that letter in a sense to all mothers in that circumstance mm-hmm. feeling the way you did then yeah. and from the place you are now Mm-hmm. And you know what else I get as I'm talking about it, Joan? I know we're way over the two minutes, but um, it just feels so helpful. Given your um, your career, this feels like some kind of a class that you could offer for uh, parents of adult children who are um, on a the, – the children are on a self-destructive path. Mm-hmm. And how to um, hold the high watch for them, how to uh, work with your feelings and hold the loving space in your family and to know um, the positive outcome. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I love that idea. I, I was saying to um, the year three people yesterday um, that um, one of the things that I'm preparing to work on with um, Ron Rates, who is in year three. Uh, He's a wonderful man. He came to the spiritual counseling intensive a year ago in England. He um, he's from Atlanta and he's very dedicated and um, what just a wonderful human being. And um, he is a businessman. He works uh, in the real estate industry as a tax consultant um, for kind of high-end properties and things and um, very successful businessman and um, he is going to organize a fundraising drive and part of the goal of that is to be able to hire uh, and a full-time administrator, so I'm not having that role anymore, and uh, which will change things and what we can accomplish in the ministry because I'm so eager to roll out a ministerial program, and, and I, I'm, I'm working on it, but I can't really execute it until I have less on my plate. But one of the goals of the ministerial program is really – that it's a teacher training program so that uh, people can go through that ministerial teacher training program or even just aspects of it and um, that there will be classes in how to write a curriculum, how to lead a class, how to do a workshop, design a workshop, execute a workshop, give a, 
uh, a Sunday sermon or a spiritual talk and all these different kinds of aspects of ministering, teaching, mm-hmm. uh, sharing. And that, because uh, one of my goals for the Power of Love ministry is, well, I, I feel like it's God's goal that I'm executing uh, is to support the lightworker teachers in doing what they're here to do and giving them a platform to teach from. Because um, for me, I spent so, I have spent so many years building the platform. I don't think everybody has to build their own platform that we can share the same platform, meaning, you know, uh, customer service and databases and email systems and websites and all these different things. So what I'd like to do is to be able to offer classes in teaching and curriculum writing and give people the opportunity to write their curriculums, feel really solid and good about it, and then give them a place where they can offer it and they can start earning a living doing what they have a passion for. So um, I just want to put that out there that if you decided you'd like to do that online, um, we can talk about that because I, I, Joan, I talk with so many parents who are um, intensely uh, concerned about their adult children or even teenage children. Um, and, um, and so I, I really have a passion for it. I would love to have a further conversation about that because I love teaching. Um, you know, I do it at Bodhi, as you know, and I, I, I really love it. And to do something online and to help parents um, so that they have a resource and a place to go to, I think that means so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a journey that you can feel very alone. You can feel exactly. very alone. It, 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 especially in spiritual community. And I, I think this is important for a lot of the people in this group to be able to hold this with us. But also, um, I know some of you can really relate. And um, it's um, in spiritual community. What I felt uh, at Agape was that for the most part, it was not cool to have problems that was very unspiritual very unspiritual to have problems very unspiritual to get sick or have relationship challenges and things like that very very unspiritual and so i remember um i had a practitioner it was the one of the, the one of the first practitioners i ever went to and i went to them for a couple of years very, very helpful to me, really helpful to me. But one day my practitioner uh, said to me um, that they were in the hospital recently. And I said, you were in the hospital? Why were you in the hospital? And they said, well, it turns out it's not a good idea to eat a gallon of strawberry ice cream in one sitting. And I just went, hmm. Yeah, and I really just thought, wow, I don't know if this is a good person for me to have as a practitioner anymore, that they are um, doing that, (laughs) that they're 
their sense of self-love and and all of that is that um, challenged mm-hmm. and um, but I also knew that like there, there wasn't a place for that practitioner to really get support mm-hmm. you know that the ego would say this is shameful you can't tell people this mm-hmm. they'll think less of you right you know? um you know, because I did see people in leadership not really telling the truth about how they felt about things and, and do it, pretending that, you know, everything is good. No, it's really, it's good. And it's like, uh, it's not so good. Yeah. Things are, uh, they're a bit gnarly. Uh, you know, it's like there's vermin in the closet. I think we need to just say, hey, we got a vermin problem. Let's bring it to the light, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why I teach the way I do. Mm-hmm. Is because I just think if we're pretending that we have to be more spiritual than we are, or that being spiritual somehow means I'm not going to have any issues, we're doing a disservice. Mm-hmm. To because what we're doing is we're modeling. If you ha- are challenged it's better to lie about it. And there's, there's nothing uh, loving or spiritual about that. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's being some, able to, yeah. There's something so freeing about outing yourself. And I know for myself, when I first became a practitioner, which is, it's been over nine years now, but I thought I had to be perfect. Oh, I have to be seen as having it all together and be, and I was no way was I done. I'm not done now. I don't think we're ever done. Um, but having that realization, which it took me a, a couple of years, but having that realization and then being comfortable outing myself yeah. was very freeing, mm-hmm. very freeing. Yeah. It is, it is. And um, it, it's, and it's loving. Yeah. And it doesn't negate the fact that you can still be support to someone. That's right. You know? Yeah. Exactly. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's, I, I, the thing I get the most feedback on is people appreciating my willing, willingness to be transparent. Yes. That was the thing that first drew me to you when you did that workshop at Bodie. I'll never forget the workshop you did at Bodie for the practitioners. That was the moment that truly changed my life. That was what made me say, if this woman in her position and everything she's doing, if she can sit here and out herself, so to speak, it's like, how can I not do that? Look at her. I mean, I was just, that was amazing. That that was so healing for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> well, so glad to see you and uh, to hear the good news about you and your family and your granddaughter. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And maybe you can post a private picture in our Facebook group, in our private group of you and your granddaughter. Yes, I will do that. I will do that. Okay, thank you. Yeah. All right. So um, I know Linda raised her hand. So Linda, you want to go ahead? I'll unmute you. 
Yeah, thank you. I'm not sure why my video is not working, but I'm here. Um, so I, as you know, I'm starting a new venture in my life and I'm seeing um, all the old patterns from when I was um, working at Integrative Wellness, like wanting to come up and noticing them and like stepping back and taking a breath and going, okay, this is not how we're working this time. <laughs> this is not how I have to, you know, I don't have to have control of this. What's mine to do is to step back and take a breath and partner up and wait for guidance. And it's, it's a new feeling for me. And I'm, I don't know, it's like my, my whole body relaxes when I think about it mm. that way. So, um, yeah, things are moving and a shaking. <laughs> and it's, it's very, it's very good feeling. Well, and I'm going to uh, just share with everyone, Linda, because I haven't announced it in any way, is I've, I've just hired Linda to, uh, yes, I'm very, very pleased. Um, I've hired Linda to help with customer care. Tina Cook is uh, transitioning out. Uh, this was my, um, I, I am reconfiguring our customer care department. And so I, um, I got the strong intuition to ask Linda if she would be interested in uh, developing this new reconfiguration of the customer care department with me. And, um, uh, and she said yes, and I'm very, very pleased about that. And uh, she's just beginning, and so we're, we're figuring it out. And... Uh, uh, so you, you may find yourself getting emails from Linda in customer care. And, uh, and Glazy is still there full-time, and we're hiring another full-time person uh, as well. So we're, we're stepping things up, and uh, I'm excited about it. Very, very pleased Linda accepted the job. So Yeah, thank you. Me too. Yeah. I'm so grateful that you asked me, and I'm just – like my mind is really sparkly right now. <laughs> it's like all these ideas and just the anticipation of everything that's coming it feels like um, it just feels good. Yeah. Feels good to me too. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So who would like to go next? Lana. Uh, let's see. Well, August, pretty much. I think I've really only been just doing the counseling, trading counseling sessions. So I get to get counseled in, and then I do some practice counseling sessions. Uh, that's mostly what's happened in August. And my mom is having some 
health issues again she injured her shoulder like a that's probably going to require surgery and so uh, she's in a lot of pain and not really able to use her arm and so she's having a challenge my both my sisters are having some challenges work challenges uh, which is my challenge to be okay with all that going on and this past weekend we went to a family wedding which was was nice it was in Atlanta uh, and it was it was a lot of fun and it was um, I enjoyed that and every day I'm grateful that I'm retired from the government yeah and how have you been affected by the hurricane Lana on um, no effect good Good, good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and thank you for your help. Lana and Sheila both helped me to identify Masterful Living and Finding Freedom people who are in the path of the hurricane. And I, I started calling some of them and, um, uh, and my guidance was to wait till this weekend because they'll need more support uh, uh, like a week later mm -hmm. than in the midst of it. Because I... The, I, I called, for instance, I called one person who was just like, I, I can't even talk now, Jennifer. Thanks for the call. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. Well, you're welcome. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, uh, Lana is uh, open for business, open for counseling. Just pointing that out there. And um, we have about, I think, 13, 14 people already registered for October. So there will be a whole bunch of new people to help you all get your uh, counseling sessions done uh, in, in a few weeks. And I also, speaking of Jennifer Ruth Russell, I'll just mention I, I've been talking with her about offering a, a course that she has been offering for years called 90 Days to Build Your Practice for people who um, have a counseling practice or a health practitioner practice uh, and would like to build it. So I'll, I'll be talking more about that. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily in this class, but yeah. All right, who's next? Thank you, Lana. Robin. Oh. I'm going to, Lydia, you rose, got your hand there. Yeah, I just um, want to say that I'm doing my inner work. Not much has changed in the outer world, but um, it becomes more and more clear to me that I, that my like, deep-rooted patterns are the cause of what is manifested in my life. So, um, yeah, I'm working on that. <laughs> For example, with my boyfriend, we had a lot of uh, fight, you know, with words. And it became clear that, um, that we, you know, he attacks me and I attack him in return. So I made the decision not to do that anymore that he can attack as much as he likes <laughs> but I will not attack him back 
So I've been practicing that now for more than a week <laughs> and it's working great. So, wow. Yes. So what, what, um, what, what happens? You don't attack him back. What happens? It's working great. What does that mean? Yeah. So inside myself, I stay more at peace because I see real one. Um, and also his behavior changes also a little bit because I'm not reacting. So there's no escalation. And like the big escalations, they didn't happen like the last few months, but now it's even better. And it seems to be last few days that he also doesn't seem the, the, the need to say something nasty. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if it will stay that way for him, but I have made the decision for myself that I will not attack him in, in return. And that feels good. Yeah. Is it challenging for you to not attack? Yeah, so the immediate reaction is sometimes like, if he says something, then I think, mm. <laughs> but now I thought, okay, I don't say anything. And, and also, like inside myself, it has also changed. That uh, It's not that I'm angry and I don't say anything. I just made the decision. No attack anymore. <laughs> so, it's so strange that it works. So, but it does. Yeah. Yes. Well, see, your decision, that's so much beautiful. Yeah. I feel it's profound, the decision that I made. Yes. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I look forward to hearing how, um, how it all unfolds for you. Yes. <laughs> cool. Week after week. How beautiful. Yeah. Yay, Lydia. All right. Um, so, I, Robin, are you... Are you ready? All right. So I think the last class we had, I think you, you mentioned something or shared something. Yeah. I'm just teasing you. <laughs> well, the first thing I wanted to say was to be, to just thank everyone in this class. Um, that was so huge. Um, and I just feel and felt and feel so grateful for everyone just holding that space, um, trying not to chastise myself for taking the whole class, which was uh, felt a problem immediately afterwards. But I am so grateful for this class and the um, unconditional love that I have felt from the very beginning of just sharing it. Um, and that I've just, I just, I just felt I couldn't wait to get back to class to just thank everyone. 
and um, how how much it means to me to feel this safe. Um, and the unconditional love. And I've had support from all my prayer partners, um, which has been so sweet and encouraging. And um, I just want to say thank you to each and every one. I mean, really. So that's, that was, I did not make the decision to share that on that particular day. I had um, thoughts and feelings that I was beginning to want, in a really big way, wanting to share this with everyone. And um, actually, Joan, it was because of you and Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer had shared, I can't remember the sequences, but she had said, we're going to have a breakout, and uh, I want you to think about the thing that bothers you most. And I just, emotionally, it was like, I have just, this is like, I can't keep putting other things out. It's time. But I, I hadn't made it. And then, Joan, you talked, came on for five minutes and just shared about your daughter. And... You mentioned a baby, and I was just like, just totally crumbled inside. And then we had the breakout, and I just cried with Lana and said, I don't know, I feel I need to share this. I don't know that I can. And I just remember you saying, I'm holding you in the light, Rob, and I'll be holding you in the light. And um, just your openness at that moment that I needed so badly was meant so much. And um, when we came back together, I, it just, I, I said, just wait, Robin. But I, I really didn't wait very long. And then it just sort of unfolded. And I have not, I've cried for years over this, and, um, but I haven't cried in months and had become kind of numb feeling. And so I was surprised at the depth where I could go to that. And I also was aware, kind of like observing myself and saying, it's okay it's okay, it's okay, knowing that I was with a group of people that I hoped it was okay. Um, and allowed that, and that was really healing. Um, I'm just so grateful to be with like-minded people and um, you know, I've had a chance to speak with each one of my prayer partners who have just been so loving and supportive. And so it means so much to be here with you all. I love the classes and I love the community calls. And 
I love my times with prayer partners and I'm just grateful and thankful for each one of you and your part in helping me. Uh, open up and share this and there's still there's still some processing I've been doing this by myself for years and I, I hope that I can share more um, with and be with you you all and having your love and your I can have a prayer request now with you. And that means a lot too. So, so thank you, Jennifer. And I had my one-on-one -on -one with Jennifer. And so it, it, it is this process and it's, it's bringing this up and I'm kind of still in it. And um, there's other, uh, there's like, two halves of it and I don't really want to go forward today with more but I know that I will be bringing up uh, knowing I have your support your love and your blessings and it will get me through this one day and I'm hoping sooner than later because that's what my heart desires yes so thank you yeah well, I'm, I'm knowing, too, that uh, the healing is happening, and there's uh, no pressure on you, and I'm glad you feel safe. Thank you. Yeah. The pressure has been lifted because of being with you all, and there, I've, there is some relaxation about it. There's more being relaxed and knowing I will get through this. But now I have people to help me get through it. And that feels, I feel more relaxed. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for honoring us and trusting us. Thank you. Yeah. Carla. It's excellent. You should call me. Um, what I'm hearing in, in so many people is a lot of, of what, a lot of things I experienced with my mother. I'm sad. I don't know why. I have no idea because I'm really happy. I'm really grateful, extremely grateful for the realizations I'm, I'm getting and have and had, and that and the healing. Even though I don't I didn't recognize it all the time, and all the experiences that happen, I, I'm getting more and more fully that how each moment. Experiences are offered to us to help us grow, and I can't keep up with them all. I can't. I think. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's sometimes I get overwhelmed, and I think there's so many. I'm realizing how many, how many things every every second 
all the time. And I'm and I'm seeing them more and more fully. You know. And sometimes the next one comes and I lose it. But I'm I'm just really grateful for all everything. For everything. For more and more grateful for everything that happens. And I'm really letting go of the meaning I make of it. And I'm really grateful to to Joan and um and Lydia because I can see I can see all this stuff is helpful to me. And um and what I heard from Joan and Lydia that how with my mother I gave my meaning to it a long time ago. A long time ago. And now I've been living from that meaning. I gave it so long ago. And I'm seeing it now. I think it's now. But it's really the meaning I gave it so long ago. Mm. And I don't think I was able to let go of that. Fully, but I'm able. I'm able to. Um, I, I think I used to live in that, the negative. That I'm not allowing go of it fully, but that's not the viable aspect here. The viable aspect is I am doing it more and more fully each second. Yes. I know that to be true. Yes. I guess that's all. And just how I'm just saying, just I, I think I'm overreading myself, but it just is so. It's it's expanding. I am not, I'm seeing this, but I, I'm not trying to teach people, which has really has been my, my MO, that I'm trying to teach people what I, things, stuff, ideas, whatever. And I'm really not, I mean, I probably still am, but I'm less fully, what I'm more fully doing is I'm living it. And so, I just had so many amazing miracle experiences that I did not ask for. That, but they came to me all the time where just being how I am and living in the trust and faith that I have, that I've had, I've been shared here, experience with my housemate. And I just was able to more fully go into the trust, how everything is helpful. Everything is helpful, and I do forget sometimes still. But I'm forgetting it less. That's it doesn't matter about the forgetting, but um, and just how I'm able to. I mean, and that's not really important. It's not doesn't really. It's not the valuable thing. It's just that I I can feel it, and it's helping me, whether I help them or not. But just living from my heart, it's just amazing.
that's expanding out, just like my poem, like ripples. That as that when I take what I've received and that expands out like ripples in the ocean, and that's what's happening. And it's like all my poems. I found it's amazing. They're like coming. It's like they're manifesting in form. It's really amazing. So that's it. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. You are actively liberating. Thank you, Carla. All right, so we have Kazi and Lawrence left. Who would like to go next? Lawrence? Okay, well, see, yesterday I was saying, I said in class that I was, that I felt happy, which I think was misleading. I, I've been, I will say that lately I have been having <clears throat> many experiences of uh, self-realization <clears throat> and my perspective has changed and I'm, I'm no longer putting as much energy into, I'm no longer focusing on my problems in the way that I had been. And I, I don't feel at the, that I'm at the mercy of uh, my emotions in the way that I had, that I had been. Uh, I feel more consistently anchored in my true self. And I feel the, uh, strength that, 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 that comes from that. Um, I think back to a, a year ago at this time. Yeah. Which was the most challenging time of my life. Uh, 
and what is well I, I it makes me realize how how far how far I've come yeah with and how how much support I've been given and and I'm very grateful for that I I don't feel afraid that I'll fall back into the into that feeling but I the way that I felt last year that that helplessness that despair but as as the one year anniversary approaches I'm Some things, some things, some memories are coming up that uh, that I thought that I had dealt with. No, no, this is. I don't, I'm trying to, to evoke the way that I felt and I, and I can't, it's not, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem real. Yeah. So I I guess I feel I feel very much healed, though not completely, but I am very, very much healed. And most of the time I am uh, I am at peace and I am I'm always able to I know that I can always access that that deep inner peace, and uh, for that I am truly grateful. So. Mm. Yes.
Lawrence, do you have any plans for uh, a memorial or anything like that? Not that you should, but just. I don't have any plans. Uh... My friend Lillian is coming to uh, mm. visit me. She, she came last year and stayed yeah. with me. That's good. She's coming back for the anniversary. So I will not be alone for that. Good. Yeah. And I know that. I'm never alone. So. Right. Still. You know that now. Yeah. And I know now, and this is very important, I truly realize, I truly get it that there is no death. I really get it. I've, I have learned that. hard way but yeah. I've learned it. Yeah. But I guess it's that way. I guess that's the only way to learn it. I guess there's no easy way to learn it. Well, you know, A Course in Miracles tells us that the easy way to learn is to remember rather than to go through experiences. But this is what we're putting our attention on is remembering and then and in the remembering there's joy so you're you're telling us that you're experiencing happiness and to me that happiness is a sign of remembering i do i remember i remember i remember the love and And I see, I see all of the love that was always there. And it makes me sad that to see how, to, to remember how much, how much of it was obscured, how, how much misunderstanding and, and unlovingness blocked the flow but I, I see now and I feel now that the love that was always there and that will always be there that is always there and the the connection and and that there is that there is no separation. That there never was. That that was all an illusion. The separation was an illusion. Yeah, I feel I feel love. And I had forgotten it. Mm. Yeah. 
And for me, the, 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 that feeling of sadness that you're talking about, for me in my own personal experience, it's come from judging that I should have done it differently, I could have done it differently, I would have done it differently. And I am remembering that it's more fruitful for me to be able to say, I'm, I'm glad I'm remembering. And, yeah. and, you know, that's the other thing is, too, is um, in our human experience, we were talking about this in year three class yesterday. It's so important that we not bypass our feelings, but recognize our feelings are helping us to recognize where our thoughts are. And so you're feeling happiness is that indicator that you're more free in your mind and the feeling of sadness is a recognition that there's something, some thought that you can relinquish. Um, and not that you're doing something wrong. I, I just don't find that's helpful, but to really say, oh, there's something that can be given over to the Holy Spirit. And, um, and because we learn through contrast, so we have the choice of remembering or learning, and the learning is often through contrast. And remembering is the direct knowing, recognizing. So we go back and forth between learning and remembering, learning and remembering. Yeah, it's, a, it's such a, it's really a, a big deal in our human experience to have that first memorial anniversary. Yeah. Thank you, Lawrence. Kazi. Can you hear me? Yes. Um, so I can totally relate to a lot of things that Lawrence was saying. Yeah, um, I can imagine yeah I think that you all know that my dad passed away the beginning of August and um, he taught me a lot he was he's continues to be a great teacher <laughs> um, but what I was noticing uh, about a week ago or something uh, was how I started holding on to thoughts that I really missed him and um, I could just see that my thoughts were making me sad and uh, not very helpful. <laughs> and so then I had a one-on-one uh, -on -one with uh, Jennifer and she shared, oh yeah, that um, when her mom passed, well, society also wants to kind of have us believe that if you're not sad and you don't really grieve a lot, then you didn't really love that person. And uh, that's not true. Um, and then if I really thought about it, I really felt very connected to my dad. 
and that that connection doesn't end just because he's not in the physical form. So um, I, I have been noticing these thoughts and been letting them go, and that sometimes I have to be much more vigilant than others because it just doesn't really serve me. Um, and so remembering that just um, brings me a lot more joy. I mean, I my brother... Um, my brother's been interesting in this whole process. I think I've talked a little bit about him, that he kind of likes to just, um, he's very interested in the money, and he wants to get past the grieving and just have that all done. But the other side of him is that he sent a video. He made a really sweet video of um, the celebration of life, and which is not something I would expect him to do. <laughs> and it was very sweet. It was... Um, he took it, well, during the celebration of life, and we had, my dad had written, my dad loved to sing in the last part of his life. He had musical therapy every week, and that was one of his favorite things. And he lived in a house that had a beautiful view. So he wrote words to the song, Oh, What a Beautiful Morning, but he renamed it to Oh, What a Beautiful View. And in 2013, he wrote the words to it. So we had, uh, we had that sung at his celebration of life. And um, so my brother had, recorded that during the celebration of life and then he took some other pictures and he put this whole thing together and it was really very touching and it did make me cry but it was just because of the beauty and the love because I was thinking oh well <laughs> um, but it was really beautiful um, and so um, like Lawrence says I really know that that love does not change it's not you know like that is always there and I'm really grateful the time I had with my dad because I really learned about that in those last five years of his life, that I really was able to let go of so many blocks that in the years before that I had that blocked the love between him and me. And that really was all that was there and still is. So I'm really grateful for that. And I'm also really grateful for my one-on-one -on -one with Jennifer because she, um, she recommended that I really do like a celebration around, you know, having been the daughter of my dad. And what what am I grateful for and the things I discovered and realized. And so I haven't yet had that ce celebration because I've been um, percolating on all of my discoveries and harvesting all of them. But I'm going to have that next week. So that's also been, and just the gratitude I really feel. And it's really shifted, you know, like, oh, yeah, I don't have to be um, all sad. You know, there's moments where I am touched and I have some tears just because I, that beauty of that love, but um, I know he's always with me, and I do feel that. So that was that's really been a a shift that I'll continue to carry forward, and I'm really grateful for that. And um, and I also it's the other thing I would say is that the other thing I've been getting to learn because some people around me have a belief that you there's so much there's a a defined time of how long it takes to grieve, which I have <laughs> But anyway, so I obviously have that in me because that's why it's getting reflected back to me. <laughs> but I don't even know what that is. But so what the other lesson that I've really been having going on is that, which Jennifer talks about this all the time, but I always have come back to me, is that, you know, I don't know what anything is for. And I just have to let go of my attachments of maybe what I want to do. And... um and what's happening is exactly what should be happening. And when I let that go, when I really live that, then I'm in peace. 
and I and I just have to be vigilant. Uh, there's many different avenues of thought that can come in and say, oh, well, no, what about this, and what about that? It's like, no, thank you, I'm not interested in that. So I think that that's what's going on with me. Hmm. Yeah. Lots of transformation. Such a huge change in your life, Kazi. You know, we talked about it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Any chance we could see this video that your brother made? Oh. Um, how about next class? Yeah, we, we could do that. Um, and uh, if, you, if you send me a link to it or something, I can play it in our class. Uh, uh, I know you're not really a Facebook person, but you could maybe post it in our Facebook group. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, okay. I don't know how to do the, a, a video that way, but that's a good idea. Okay. Yeah, we can, uh, we can help you figure it out. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, I'd like to see it. Yeah. Excellent. And thank you all for listening. <laughs> thank you for sharing. Yeah, so everybody is going through major shifts and changes. Major shifts and changes. And we see this in the external world as well. We see um, all the, the events that are taking place in the world. And that um, uh, one of the things that I, I find very interesting that I haven't really spoken about publicly, uh, but uh, I'd like to bring up in our class is that uh, Venerable has talked occasionally, she'll talk about in a teaching that our thoughts affect the weather and our emotional state is reflected in the weather. So here in uh, the this sort of general area part of the world, southern, uh, east, southeast United States uh, and south central United States, uh, massive weather issues, right? For the, uh, 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 a while now. So if we just look at what uh, transpired recently in an emotional level on an emotional level for the people in let's say the south central and eastern part of the united states can we identify any emotional uh thing uh, uh, collective emotional occurrences going on Uh, Robin? Oh. 
build in Charlottesville comes. Say it again. I, I, I had unmuted you while you were. Yeah, so we canceled each other out. Yeah, the um, young woman who was killed in Charlottesville would be on top, I guess, for me. Yeah, so, and what did that precipitate emotionally for, uh, for people, particularly in that southern, southeastern well, part of the United States? Lots of feelings and more separation. I, I, I see more uh, separation and um, in my Quaker meeting, um, Quakers are quite the activist. Um, I am not one so much to uh, protest or never have been. But it's, it's, and we are being very thoughtful and kind with each other, but it has seeped into our meeting. And it feels scary because we, um, it's just a small group of people, but there's this overriding seeing past, seeing God in each other and loving each other and accepting the differences. And uh, I've just heard a couple of conversations where you can feel the tension. And I'm like, wow. And so, you know, um, yeah, for that to come into my, my little loving community, uh, and there has not been any fallout, but I'm just watching and um, on a personal level, that's pretty huge. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Robin. Yeah. Lana, how about you, since you live in that part of the world? Well, I would think fear and perhaps helplessness and hopelessness. Have you observed much in your community that uh, any shifts or changes after the um, woman was killed in Charlottesville? Um, hmm. Not really, but I think I've been more, you know, just at home. I haven't been out in the community. Right. I've been more home uh, and I don't watch TV. So, uh, so no, so no, not that. More of what, what's coming up around here is just everything happening in Harvey and, you know, people, you know, ways that people are trying to help. Right. Yeah, thank you. So um, for me, uh, I, I don't know what anything is for, right? I can't see beyond time and space. But what I have witnessed is that uh, there was tremendous upset uh, over the um, taking down of the Confederate statues and uh, over the, really the murder of this woman 
in Charlottesville, and uh, this, and then uh, this. I mean, it's not really a revelation, but it was brought to our attention that the the president of the United States is an active racist, and that uh, which we knew before that wasn't really hidden, but uh, there was much talk about it, so there was a lot of focus on it. I, I certainly did not know that his father had marched with the Ku Klux Klan when uh, I didn't know that. That was a revelation to me. And it explains uh, quite a bit about why Trump might have been, uh, be such a racist, you know, um, that he was raised by someone who was uh, an active, you know, someone who was marching with a militant racist group. So uh, all of this coming to the front, upsetting so many people, it's bringing these, these um, beliefs, these patterns, this um, inner turmoil to the light, right? That's what all of these events are for, to bring it to the light. So what I witness, and of course I'm not able to see everything through all time and space, but just looking at the broad strokes, I see that one of the things that is, a, is very noticeable to me about the time that we live in now is that it's very difficult to hide anything. Very, very difficult for us to hide our feelings and our thoughts that... Um, like Carla gave that um, example in a sense of when this uh, woman asked if she could come and stay with Carla, Carla heard herself saying, sure. You know, it's like, what? How did that happen? You know, you're like, whoa, put those words back in. You know, wait a minute, I want to think about this. You know, that we're just living in this time now where people are outing themselves in, in many different ways or they're, they're, they're speaking from their hearts. So Carla's heart was, yes, I, I would love to support you. Thank you for asking me. You know, where her ego personality might be, whoa, I don't know about that, right? So we're seeing all kinds of examples of, of this in our lives, uh, on television and in, in our homes as well, you know. And, and Lydia's example is that. And and Robin's example of she hadn't intended to, to say those things at that time is another example of that as well. So we're seeing that this is a characteristic of the time we're living in that things cannot be hidden. That, you know, the truth will prevail. Uh, and the truth is that we're perfect, that we're beautiful, that whether we're racist or not, we still are lovable and honorable. Uh, meaning we, we deserve to be honored and respected, not for our opinions and our judgments, but for our spirit, our true identity. And if people are going to attack the attacker, they're going to feel uh, disturbed, deeply disturbed, because attacking the attacker doesn't do anything. And that's one of the great lessons that Martin Luther King Jr., Gandhi, Jesus, and the the proponents of nonviolence taught us so beautifully, right? That's why I have people read that um, speech by Dr. King and do all that work, loving our enemies, 
uh, where he talks about you, if you hate the hater, you become like them, you cannot help them, you cannot be of service in this world. And so we see all that got stirred up. Tremendous emotional turmoil. Focalized in that part of the United States. And, you know, where the Confederacy was. And there's been a lot of racial violence in the last couple years in, in the South. And it's been very distressing for everyone, most everyone. And then we have this massive flood, huge destruction. People of all races um, cast into the water. And um, tremendous loss, personal loss, work, businesses, homes, possessions, property, tremendous, you know, so many, uh, uh, you know, a certain number of people lost their lives so far, and many animals certainly have been uh, killed in this experience. Tremendous loss and devastation. And when something like that occurs, you can think of the um, big tsunami that happened um, 10 or so years ago. When things like this occur, what, what are some of the major opportunities that come forward for the observers and the participants? What are some of the major um, major occurrences or the major expressions? What are, what are the major themes that come forward in something like this? What would we say are the major themes or Kazi? Well, one thing is that um, around Harvey, there were so many people in the neighborhoods that went and helped each other. There really was a coming together and to, to it, was, it was really a sense of oneness and the feeling of, you know, people came from all over with their boats and everything to help rescue others. So like a lot of the unspoken heroes come forward. Yes, so when there's um, a unified need or uh, you could say attacker or event, it, it, uh, it, it um, crosses over anybody's care. Nobody cares about politics anymore. Nobody cares about, I mean, not nobody, but many people do not care now about race or class or sexism. It's just love thy neighbor help thy neighbor help those who are less fortunate than you help the, the people who need help and and so another way to what are some other things that we can see as the the major themes thank you kazi yeah. releasing attachments yeah material things yeah. yes 
Yeah, so we go to the trust section in A Course of Miracles, and it, you know, that's where it says that for our healing, there's going to be the uh, relinquishment, the undoing, the sorting out. So the folks that, you know, many thousands of people are in that experience now of discovering they're on a path. They were literally picked up and thrown onto a path of discovering what's truly valuable. So a couple of weeks ago, what might have been truly valuable was to keep racism alive uh, and uh, to keep separation intact. But you, you're picked up and you're slammed down like that and you're uh, stripped of your possessions and all these things that give you a sense of who you are, your identity, because you lose your home, it deeply affects your identity. You lose your job, it deeply affects your identity. You lose your pet, it deeply affects your identity. Yes, major loss of attachment. What else, Robin? Well, I just as you're saying this, um, it just it looks like it's um, it's a call to the universe. God is calling us to love, and it's through these kinds of things, unfortunately, that wake us up to that. I mean, wouldn't it be sweet if we were also kind to each other before the hurricane? and be doing not, you know, and people do do things, but the uh, hurricanes just bring out all, like Kazi said, the heroes that we don't even know are around. And so, uh, and, and I've had this thought before, but when you, were sh when you were asking and I was sort of being stumped, all I could think of is the conflicts that arise or maybe the separations, but but, but then you, you talk about how people come together in these kinds of, uh, and I know in my own personal crisis, if everything is going along fine, I might forget about God. Not so much now that I'm in this course, but I would only go to God when it was like, oh, help. And, and these kinds of things are like uh, on all kinds of levels, making people go towards goodness and love and compassion. So it's a, it's like the universe or God calling us to love through these. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. That, that to me is the primary theme here. Yes. And, yeah. yeah, you shared that, that. I've learned that from you, and it just, yeah. That experiences like this, the, the most prevalent response from the world, from the united consciousness of the human race, is compassion. 
you know, as angry as people might have been and frightened as people might have been about at the races, about the races and all of that. Now, all that matters is let's, let's get them some water, some food. Let's help them restore and rebuild. Even if we don't like their values, we, we are, um, committed to helping them as human beings and and our heart goes out to them we i i i haven't heard anyone saying yeah they got what they deserved i haven't heard anything remotely like that and the the media attention has been uh focused on uh very much focused on the uh the heroic acts that people have done which are extensions of love which are extensions of compassion and understanding and caring neighbor for neighbor so they might have um, been willing to fight each other in the street two weeks ago now they're willing to uh, help each other in the street well the timing is interesting as you're we're, you're bringing this up isn't it because it was really I mean uh, the uh, protest that was to happen in San Francisco kind of fell through, but I just felt like all these uh, uh, divisiveness uh, and groups were going to just hit every city in the you know country, and it was just going to go on and on. And I uh, don't listen to a lot of news, but listen to it. But I there's no I, they're not talking about that anymore, right? So thinking about that now. Yeah. They're just not. I, I'm not hearing anything in the news about it. Yeah. So that's pretty big. And I wish people, if we could just notice that. I mean, I'm having this conversation is helping me notice that, like. Yeah. yeah. Carla? You know, it comes to me from all, uh, most of this stuff is, one, as some words sometimes come, is openness. Because that's where change happens, right? When we think, when we see with blinders and we're focused on what we think, and now, this like everything is opened you know people are letting go of the attachments you said they let go of the attachments because when you're holding on to something you're not open to anything else being helped being received right i don't know that's that's what comes to me is openness is it all this is really open people up to possibilities and that's that's the change that's yeah. That's what, when it happens. Yes. Without us even realizing it. It's yeah. Exactly. Well, that's the thing is, uh, something like this, it, it forces the people involved to reorient themselves in their life. It forces them to do that. Now, the other thing that I think is just worth noticing is that prior to the um, hurricane, you had all this energy that to me felt like a fire. 
It felt like a raging fire. The anger, so fiery, right? So much anger. Anger, of course, as you know, uh, I share all the time, underneath the anger is the fear. Underneath the fear is the hurt. And so the anger is about we're, we're going to be hurt again and we haven't recovered from the hurt from before. And so all that was being stirred up, all those wounds, salt was being poured in those wounds. And it looks as though, you know, that was a terrible thing. You know, and many people felt outraged by the president's uh, responses uh, and the things that he said and did and all of that. But then along comes this flood, right? So the wind, the stormy wind, which to me is often, uh, we, we often see high winds accompanied with lots of anger and fear. We, that's my observance over the last number of years is that when there's a lot of anger and fear that often brings windy, windy times. Um, and with all this water, all this rain. So it's like all that water just dumped on these people to get them to go, wake up, wake up. And it's like a cleansing. You know, and I talked with people during the time and they're, they're thinking, am I being punished? Am I being punished for something? Am I being punished by God that this you know, flood, you know, there's first there's the emotional fire and then there's a flood. Is there going to be pestilence? Is there going to be famine? What's, what's going on? And because uh, that's the ego tendency is because the ego always feels guilty. The tendency is to think I'm being punished. But no, it's actually a divine opportunity to recalibrate. So to me, it just was very significant that all this anger and hurt, the fire of all of that emotion, then here comes this giant flood to put a damper on everything and to give people perspective to an opportunity, um, just a near constant opportunity to love your neighbor, to have compassion for your neighbor and for the whole world to put their attention on this part of uh, the world and, and think loving thoughts to make prayers for these people. No punishment but divine love and support. You know, that this is how spirit will work sometimes, that um, there's a divine intervention. You know, you, that it's like when sometimes when people have car accidents or they break their arms and legs and different things like they fall down and things like that happen, um, it's often uh, an indicator for you to stop, look, and listen. You need to recalibrate. To where you're going and look where you're going so um, I, yeah, I just wanted to to put that out there so we can hold for um, the the, the uh, these people that nothing bad is happening no one is being punished but there's a divine opportunity here for people to really learn about loving their neighbors as themselves yeah so we're way over time here.
And uh, gosh, it's just so lovely to be with you. So lovely. So let's take this breath of love and gratitude together and move into prayer, prayer for ourselves, prayer for all beings that we are together grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and to relinquish all attachments and to open our hearts and to extend love in all directions, starting with ourselves. So having great compassion for ourselves, for anything that's going on with ourselves, having great compassion for our misperceptions and giving them all to the higher Holy Spirit self for healing. So grateful to open ourselves to unprecedented healing and to call it forth for all of our brothers and sisters all over the world and all beings, all the animals, all the many kingdoms. We're calling forth unprecedented ascended master archangel healing on all levels, physical, emotional, mental, and etheric. We're calling forth more peace, more love, more joy, more harmony, more prosperity, more beauty. A revelation of truth is happening, and we are grateful and thankful to call it forth, to accept it, and to allow it. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone, and we joyfully let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Mm, the sun's coming out here. <laughs> Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm.